0: From an early age, actor Chris Messina looked up to icons like Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino, and Robert De Niro. His fascination with flawed characters led to intriguing roles in films like Away We Go, Argo, Ruby Sparks, Live By Night, and in series like The Newsroom, Damages, and Six Feet Under, among countless other titles. In Messina's latest project, HBO's Sharp Objects, he plays Detective Richard Willis opposite Amy Adams. The miniseries comes from Gone Girl writer Gillian Flynn, creator Marty Noxon, and Big Little Lies director John Mark Vallee. The story follows a reporter down a path of psychological demons as she returns to her hometown to cover a violent murder. In this interview, Chris Messina discusses lessons from directors Sam Mendes and Ben Affleck, how to elevate yourself as an actor, creating your own work and taking your career in your own reins, and pursuing work that scares the shit out of you. During our conversation, we also discussed past guests from the show, Marty Noxon in episode 88, and Brian Seip from episode 6.
1: You know, I was a dancer as a kid. My mom was a dance teacher, and I was always kind of boogieing around the house, and uh, we had a VHS of Grease, and I, I, I played Grease over and over again. And then uh, I started dancing and uh, I, I got super into it. I wanted to become Barishnikov for a while there um, until that was clear that there was no chance of that. Um, and I eventually uh, found an English, uh, it was an English credit in my high school in Long Island called Living Theater where... Uh, it was a black box theater and this incredible teacher, his name's John Gabberluck. Um He took all different kids uh, from all different walks of life and we did all these props about sex, drugs, and rock and roll as a teenager and um, it was super progressive and it was there that I kind of felt for the first time uh, that I found some kind of home and, uh, and then and that was it. And I kind of got hit by the bug.
0: I've read that, I think you mentioned that teacher once before. I saw an interview you did for the film The Giant Mechanical Man. Um, was did you kind of, does every movie, uh, do you find connections to yourself? Is that what makes you possibly take on a role? Something from your past, possibly?
1: Yeah, I always think that, uh, the, that you, you have to use your own blood and, um, yeah, I'd like to find where the you know the character and and myself meet up, and you know, what how are we similar and how how are we different, and uh, and uh, yeah, essence. Your essence is such a huge part of it, and um, you kind can, of can't kind of can't escape it. It's gonna you know come with you. Um, in some shape or form to every part you play. So, yeah, that's, you know, something I like to to define. What, what, why is this, why is this script or character coming to me? You know, why is it finding me right now at this point in my life? What is it that it wants me to learn? What is it that I need to learn? What is it that, uh, what is it, what is it that I need to bring to this to, you know, uh, fulfill it? That's always really fun. To honestly, the the preparation for um, any of these projects are usually the most fun. Um, doing it is sometimes painful. Watching it is often heartbreaking, and um, talking about it is. Um, confusing but but researching and trying to figure out you know who this person is and what their point of view is always what i find the most fun
0: i'm sure it's always different circumstances what kind of you know timeline are you looking at when you start your research how much time would you like to prepare for a given role
1: I would love you. <laughs> to be honest with you, I would love you. I like when I know I have a job uh, way, way, way down the line and I can go really slowly and meditate on it. Um, I don't like to go fast. Um, you know, it usually isn't, uh, you don't usually don't have, uh, or I don't have that luxury. Um, but I, you know, I admire, of course, you know, People like Daniel Day Lewis, you know, it gets, you know, can 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 go away and live a life, and then come back uh, with a with a great creative team, and you know, dig and dig and dig and dig for for quite some time, and then do it, and you know, go away and shed it, and go back to life, and then come come back when something's worth coming back for, something that you can't escape is calling you um you know that that I don't I'm not in that category or uh, and and probably will never be but that is that that philosophy or our our way of working is uh, very attractive to me
0: i've read that you were uh, you know at an early age you were very fascinated with work from like robert de niro and, and al pacino and dustin hoffman as i'm sure everyone is but what, what was it specifically about those actors that you know, made you want to pursue it as a career? Well, I think they were,
1: you know, playing these anti-heroes. They were playing these outsiders, uh, which I often feel like. And they were also, you know, shorter guys with dark hair and Italian-American uh, some of them. And, and uh, you know, I felt I related to the characters they were playing. I, I you know, they didn't have uh, you know, they didn't look like Paul Newman, you know. And I said, "Oh, maybe I could, maybe I could do that." Uh, those movies definitely, you know, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, and Lenny, and Straight Time, and uh, Robert Duvall and Tender Mercies, or you know, these uh, they, the these movies really Dog Day Afternoon, you know, they really spoke to me, and you know? I. I was like, Oh fuck, I want to do that. That, that looks really cool. Um, so I've been on this, I've been on that search for my, you know, whole career. I, I, I still, you know, you know you're hard pressed to find those kind of movies, those kind of filmmakers. Uh, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still uh, still on the search for those opportunities and, um, yeah, you know, I really feel like I'm, I'm
0: just beginning. But you certainly, you know, you've started in some roles, you've, you know, as an actor, you've been in some of at least like the best screenplays that I've ever seen in movies like Away We Go and, and now with um, Sharp Objects. What made you kind of lead into directing? I know you recently directed your, I think your first project. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what kind of led to that film?
1: Um, yeah, I you know I directed in the in the theater. I come from the New York theater scene, and I directed um, a few workshops, and readings, and a couple of plays. And I I love actors. I love working with actors. Um, I really I've I've, I've I've taught with friends a few times, and I really enjoy trying to um, uh, help. Uh, actors have, uh if they're in a, in a some kind of block or uh, help actors find a character I'd really get off on it uh, and so um I also think that for a while I was doing movies and feeling like uh, um I have my own philosophy on a movie set, and my own way of working that I that I'm having a hard time uh, finding um, uh, um, directors that uh, want to work this particular way. I, you know, I was working with great directors and trying to steal their styles and their ideas, and so I was putting together my own kind of, uh, um, my own philosophy, my own kind of, uh, way of working. And I wanted to set the stage for myself and other actors to kind of join me, uh, on that adventure. Uh, so it was very important to find, you know, the right people, not only great actors, but uh, people that were kind of open to, you know, uh, shooting the way I wanted to shoot and, and, and and working uh, a specific way. I like to shoot a lot, to be honest with you. Um, I uh, like different a lot of different options. And, um, and so, you know, I was really kind of adamant to the actors of saying, I won't say no to you if you don't say no to me. Let's just try a bunch of stuff. I'm you know, a first time film director, um, insecure. And, uh, I, I, you know, I will probably want a couple different versions of the scene to play around with. Not only will I want it for the results of the film, but the fun on the day of going, what else can this be? Um, that's interesting to me. Uh, we've, we've, you know, we've explored that for a while, but you know, time comes, Uh, into the equation because you start going, we don't, we don't have the time, you know, we have to move on uh, to the next location. And uh, so, you, you know, it's a balance, but when I could, I would shoot the shit out of a scene and, uh, and really enjoy that.
0: Was there any difficulty as a director that was more overwhelming than you expected? Any one thing?
1: Uh, Time management is really difficult. Um, we shot a movie, we shot that movie in 20 days. So, you know, again, for the way I was hoping to work that, you know, was there were some days where that just wasn't possible. There were some scenes that didn't require that, you know, uh, we got it early and we needed to move on, but yeah, time management is very, very difficult. Um, you know, it's all very difficult. Uh, you know, I was also, I had a small part in the movie. So, um you know uh some of these uh, actors you know like uh, Ben Affleck or um uh, uh Billy Bob Thornton did it with Sling Blade. uh Stanley Tucci did it with the night like when you have a when you have a big role you're you know having to keep an eye on the cinematographer and the production design and script and the other actors and then worried about your own performance. It's very hard to do. I luckily and Alex in Alex and Venice only had, you know, three or four scenes. Um, but those were the hardest days. Uh, it was a fun challenge, but they were definitely that, like, uh, you feel schizophrenic because you're, you're, you know, you don't know what side of your brain should be working.
0: I know you've worked with uh, Ben Affleck twice on two of the films he's directed. he give you any specific advice or anything you learned watching, uh, kind of seeing, you know, an actor also step behind the camera?
1: Well, yeah, he's a fantastic uh, director and he's been doing this so long that he, he understands the camera and the lenses and uh, he's super confident on where that camera needs to be. Um, uh, in that and in that particular moment, in that particular scene, um, he, uh, you know, it's about preparation and uh, you know uh, and being ready and um, and uh, you know hiring the right people um, and you know letting them go, hiring them and uh, you know Sam Mendes said to me. Every on the way we go, every actor uh, comes with a gift, and it's my responsibility to let that gift out. And I think that's something that Ben does. He casts it really well, and then he and then he goes. You know, he's an actor. He understands uh, how directors uh, sometimes can get in the way, and so he he lets you do your thing. He guides you. He, he says a little more of this, a little less of that but he lets you go and play. And uh, so, yeah, he's a fantastic director.
0: So other than like, you know, recently you've been on the Mindy Project and you've done a few other uh, comedies well. Are you you generally drawn more to dramas or darker films?
1: You know, I'm very lucky that I've gotten to do um, a lot of different things. Usually I want to be anywhere that I'm not. So when I'm on a drama, I want to, do comedy when I'm on a comedy. I want to do drama. I, I, I whether it's a drama or a comedy, I, I only am interested in complicated characters that are flawed and um, are, you know, colorful. And you know, and, and and at this point, I'm looking to be scared. You know, I think the best stuff that I've been involved with, I was. Scared if I could do it. Scared if you know that I'd be fired. Scared that I was miscast. Scared of the uh, what was required of me. You know, so uh, whether it be a comedy or a drama, as long as it was scaring the shit out of me, I would feel like I was in the right place.
0: So with this new film, what was kind of possibly scary about that? I know you're playing a detective. They call him Kansas City sometime. Um, I know this is this role was expanded a lot versus how he's portrayed in the novels. What kind of attracted you to this character?
1: Um, well, the, the people, you know. I mean, first and foremost, the, the, the source material of the book was fantastic. I knew uh, what my job was and what would be required of me. And then, you know, to do it with Amy Adams and Patricia Clarks and Elizabeth Perkins and Matt and I was uh, and Jean-Marc Valet who I was been a big fan of since Dallas Buyers Club, um, so you know it was it was really no brainer. Um, Amy, I uh, did and Julie and Julie together, and she and I wanted to work again. And we, you know, you don't know if those things are ever going to kind of come to fruition, but uh, luckily in, in this case it did. And she asked me to sit them. A- Working on this thing, you read this book. I, I didn't, I as a fan of Gillian's, but I took a read and immediately knew that what I wanted to do this. I then read with Amy because Jean Marc Valley didn't know who I was. And and she really, you know, I wouldn't be talking to you on the phone about this project if, um, if it wasn't for her. She really pushed for me. Uh, and I'm super grateful. She's an incredible actress, and, um, you know, working with her just it makes you better. It's like, Playing tennis with Serena Williams—it just, it just elevates your game. So, um, yeah, that was. Uh, but it's—I it, 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 guess it scared. Maybe this one scared me because I was um, in in uh, such fans of everyone involved. And then when your friend pushes for you um, and fights for you, you want to well, you want to make her happy and proud.
0: How did you uh, receive the script, I and mean, with something like this, we really almost need to see the whole story? Did you get eight episodes at one time? or are you just reading the the first episode yeah we got
1: um we got all eight uh maybe we got five, and then the rest came in later but um they changed, but you got it you got the arc of the story you know you do from the book how what. Well, how it was going to go, but then, you know, um, you know, things like episode five Calhoun day, that's like, I think it's one sentence in the book and became a whole episode, uh, about this strange, uh, celebration they have in this town. And so, um, yeah, you knew the arc, but it, it was, it was changing. And Jean Mark is, uh, He's a very uh, improvisational director, and I don't mean with language, but with with, um, images, and he has his own kind of um, language for images, and he will be shooting a scene, and then he'll find a fan, and then he starts shooting the fan. Um, Those fans that you see in the show, they're not... Um, they weren't in the scripts, but they were sharp objects that were in a scene that he saw. I mean, that's just one example of many where he uh, was inspired. He's like a—he's almost like a, a kid on the set with his um, playfulness, it's, and that's really, uh, really uh, um, contagious. You know, you start to—you know—you um, start to want to play and uh, enjoy the discovery with
0: him. I love the way he uses music. I mean, ins- instead of just allowing it to be a typical score, um, you know, it's always like in the scene, if we hear something, it's because the character is hearing it.
1: Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a, a master DJ. I mean, he knows music, all different genres of music uh, so well. And he uses that so uh, uh, the, the way in which he uses them are so powerful uh cuts against the scene and just adds to uh, the emotion of the scene. Piece really cool. He, he was talked about making us a playlist for each one of our characters, um, but I think he was pressed for time and we didn't get that. We did get a uh, uh, as a rap presence, a, a CD with a lot of the songs that are already, uh, that are in the show that he had already chosen. He's, yeah, he's just, he's, uh, I think he's a master filmmaker. And uh, and he's incredible with uh, one of his attributes is, is, is music.
0: I spoke with uh, the screenwriter, uh, Brian Seif. He wrote Demolition, uh, which he worked with John Mark and, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. It's a great film. After you've, I'm assuming you've seen the, the final version of some of these episodes now, yeah. how much is that? Yeah, you mentioned um, the fans, but like how much is actually added? It feels like there's a big portion that might not be in the script that he may decide later in editing to put these glimpses of specifically what Amy Adams is seeing or thinking about. Like how much of that is added in the final product?
1: Well, they, they were written, some of that stuff was written in, and some of the like, uh, the you know the flashes and and um, some of um, the unique cutting style was written into some early episodes, but um, and then um, it was it was established in the scripts and and then they they just keep they just keep um, uh, evolving from there uh, the roller skating. Um, uh, I think that, I think really that evolved, I don't know when in his head it evolved, but it evolved, you know? Um, so, uh, again, very in the moment, uh, he's, he's very present and very, um, uh, uh he's alive and awake and in the moment and he's, he's, he sees something. He, um, he He swings and he and he goes uh, he goes for it, yeah, you know, I'm sure some of that doesn't make it in, but I, I think a lot of it I think a lot of it does because his instincts are are spot on
0: when I was watching your performance, I was kind of thinking part of this is kind of the everyman, but part of it is you know you're saying a lot of things the audience is likely thinking you're coming in from this character as an outsider. Um, how do you kind of view the character? I mean, in, in the book, uh, the detective's somewhat of a sounding board for for uh, Amy Adams' character, but it's obviously a lot different. You're more equal in this performance. How do you kind of see him uh, in terms of the big picture of this outsider coming in?
1: Yeah, I think you know, I, I came to this with the uh, idea that my that Richard was um, the flip. Side of the same coin that Camille's on. He he is someone that understands heartbreak and pain. I don't think to the degree that Camille does, but um, uh, it was important to me that he was uh, he had his own skeletons in the closet, and that uh, uh, he wants to be a good detective, and he is um, ambitious but he is also lonely and uh, his, his heart has been um, uh, shattered for a a plethora of different reasons. And he's looking to be seen and heard. So ultimately uh, they, they, that is a part of their connection. Obviously she's attractive and she's smart and strong. Uh, She's an outsider and she's an outsider by choice, but, but they, um, and they manipulate each other in uh, their information sharing. But I think um, the uh, idea was that Richard doesn't even understand fully how uh, how much his heart is getting involved. And as he investigates the case, he really almost gets uh, more heated up in investigating Camille. Um, and so... It's really some bad detective work on his part in that, you know, being a detective one oh one, I, I would imagine, you know, talking to a reporter and, and cozying up to her and sharing information would be a definite no. Um, but that's what I like about the character. And that's what I like about the writing of this, um, what Marty Knox and Gillian Flynn had done is, is create a complicated, flawed people that, um, you know aren't always perfect
0: it feels a little different knowing she's really the only reporter there I mean, usually you see a might see a film like this and there would be multiple reporters trying to get shots or conversations but she can work her way in where they can't so it's really just her competition with her mother almost her mother is shutting her down at least in the first couple episodes
1: yeah yeah she's uh she's contending with uh you know, a very broken family If she tries to work. And, uh, you know, I, it was amazing to be across the table, uh, across the bar from Amy Walton and, and, and um, all of our scenes. She's, you know, she's a, we all know she's an incredible actress. It's not a, any news, but, uh, this is something she's never done before. And, um, to watch her dive into the pain of this character and to fully uh, take it on, um, and have to live with that, and then uh, uh, she was also a producer on the show, and so to see her take off the acting hat and put on the producing hat was uh, it was pretty inspiring.
0: have so mentioned kind of you know if you're in a comedy, you'd rather be doing a drama, and, and vice versa, but. Uh, are there some characters or roles or even, you know, different hats, like more directing that you're you're looking forward to doing in the next couple of years, anything you're, any project you're looking for? Um, I'm writing
1: something to direct and that's been fun because I'm not a writer. So it's been, um, you know, very humbling and uh, uh, extremely difficult, but uh, satisfying. Um, So I'd like to direct again. Um, Yeah. And I, I, you know, reading scripts to act in and trying to find what scares the hell out of me, uh, next. And, you know, that may take some time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd always love to go back and do a play and work on some of the great, you know, playwrights, Tennessee Williams or Arthur Miller, or Chekhov. Um, so, uh, you know, again, it's, it's what is, what is the biggest challenge and what is something I've ever done and what is something that I I, I feel like I, I don't know if I can do will probably be hopefully, um, you know, maybe the next time we talk, we'll be talking about that, you know, um, again, something that uh, scares the shit out of me.
0: I saw an interview. I can't remember if it was like Conan or Colbert now, but you mentioned the play you were in. Very young, you were around eighteen, and someone told you that was the worst thing they've seen. Yeah. Um, did that was that something that didn't really even register with you as far as rejection, or how did you deal with that direction? How my uh, rejection, and how might you encourage you know upcoming actors to deal with that and just keep pushing forward if this is really what that's something they want to do.
1: You know, an acting teacher once said, uh, a great acting teacher said to this class, I would say that day, if you want to be an actor, you get get uh, used to a life of ridicule. And, um, you know, I think it, it is um, something that you like, don't get used to it, but um, you develop like a thick layer of skin. And you understand that not everyone's going to like your work and like you and think you're any good, and uh, um, and some hopefully some others will will think the opposite. Um, uh, I think you have to have a strong need um, to to do this, and if you can, there's something else you can do. Um, uh, you should probably do that, but if you can't do anything else and you need to do this, if you need to do it so much that you're willing to do it in your studio apartment and invite three people up at a time to watch your true West, uh, performance, then you should do it and you shouldn't let anybody stop you. Uh, I think creating your own work is a must in 2018. Um, I think waiting around for, for someone to grant you, uh, a part is uh, is maybe a waste of time. Uh, of course, you have to audition, and of course, uh, as an actor, you you are often perilous But taking uh, your career by the reins, and, um, and whether that be putting up a play or a web series or uh, writing a film or whatever that may be, I think it's a must. Um, but rejection is constantly a part of it. Even when it's not about an audition, even when it's like, um, I think Christmas sucks and sharp objects. And, uh, I can choose to believe that or, uh, or I can read something else. that says, I, I like Christmas Cena and sharp objects. And, and they're both, they're both, you know, uh, they're both what it is to those particular people. So I think, I' uh, trying to keep your feet on the ground in this business is, is uh, complicated and hard, but it demands work and it demands attention. Um, And I think, you know, having a strong foundation of technique, um, uh, uh, a a plethora of people around you that uh, can uh, support, in, uh, in times of need um, and, uh, you know, just an inner strength of, I'm not the greatest actor in the world, uh, but I love um, the craft and I will continue to uh, search um, and I won't be stopped. I think that ultimately has to be uh, some kind of mantra
0: thank you so much for tuning into the show before you leave don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter You also get free access to the freelancer course master the freelancer mindset this system will teach you exactly how to find clients online which includes step 1 the psychology of the mindset step 2 how to create a killer profile and step 3 how to find quality clients this online course is valued at $99 it can be yours for free in addition to the free course you will get access to the ebook How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Carrie Fukunaga, and William Monahan. You can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live. Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.